Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Barag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. gives a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It's our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Today, Pastor J.D. shares some amazing parallels between the life of Joseph and the life of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The fulfillments that we see in the life of Jesus are truly astounding. Pastor J.D. also shares a testimony of how God used the ABCs of the gospel to bring someone to Christ, literally, just at the right moment in their life. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's today's Prophecy Update as shared on October 7th, 2018. If he's never put in prison, he never meets the baker and the butler of Pharaoh. If he never meets the baker and butler of Pharaoh, he never interprets their dreams. If he never interprets their dreams, he never gets to interpret Pharaoh's dream. If he never gets to interpret Pharaoh's dream, he never is made prime minister. If he is never made prime minister, he never wisely administrates for the severe famine coming upon the region. If he never wisely administrates for the severe famine coming upon the region, then his family back in Canaan perishes from the famine. If his family back in Canaan perishes from the famine, then the Messiah can't come forth from his family. And if the Messiah can't come forth, then Jesus never came. And if Jesus never came, then you and I are dead in our sins and without hope in this world. Think about that. As only God can, He takes what is meant for evil and works it for good to bring about the salvation of many. And I believe and I submit to you that this is exactly what God is even now doing in this evil world today. Evil will not have the final word. It cannot. I think of the psalmist in Psalm 73. Can't wait to get to that psalm too. Where the psalmist is talking about a crisis of faith. He's like... I'm watching evil people prosper, unchecked. And here I am, I've, I've cleansed my hands in vain. I'm living righteously with purity and integrity. For what? 
I suffer. And the evil people of this world seem to be having the time of their life. I have to confess this. I, you'll forgive me. I'm just being transparent. I hope it's not too uncomfortable for you. But when I'm going through what I went through the last couple of weeks with the spiritual warfare, as intense as it was, I was actually looking at the non-Christians going, wow, what would that be like? <laughs> Listen, before you, I, if you could only see how you're looking at me right now, hey, come on, you've done that too, haven't you? I mean, they just, it's kind of like, <laughs> but of course, this is the most heaven they will ever know. And this is the most hell we will ever know. This is their heaven on earth. This is our hell on earth. This is the worst that it will ever be for us. And again, uh, this is their home. So of course, we're not home yet. That's why. But as I'm, I'm looking at them and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, man, they know nothing of spiritual warfare. They know nothing of satanic attack. Satan is sending them a thank you card and a bouquet of flowers and a gift card. He's not bothering them. He's not attacking them. They're on his side. It's the Christians. It's the Christian marriages. The Christian pastors. The Christian families. Psalm 73 is a, an anchor for me because... The psalmist says, here's what brought me back to my senses. Because he's, he's coveting, envying the unrighteous, thinking, man, they've got it made in the shade. And then he says this, it was until I entered the sanctuary of the Lord, that's a very good place to go, and saw their end, how it ends, Brought me right back to my senses. Whoa, what was I thinking? What, what in the Are you kidding me? I'm envying the unrighteous? Yeah, you might want to fast forward that video to see how it ends, and you won't be envying them anymore. This is how it ends. And evil must come to an end. It has to. And again, Joseph, to me, is, I mean, the perfect example, because Jesus came vis-a-vis Joseph. Jesus is our greater than Joseph, and Jesus fulfills the prophecy of Joseph. What if I told you that Joseph, as a type of Christ, paints this magnificent portrait of the gospel of Jesus Christ, partaking of communion in remembrance of Jesus Christ? And what if I also told you that Joseph 
as a type of Christ, paints a prophetic picture of the pre-tribulation rapture of the church of Jesus Christ. What follows, and I have actually, I think over a hundred of these, we're not going to do that right now, today, I'm only going to share an abbreviated version of this, but over the years I've kind of added to this and edited this and studied this, and it is perhaps one of the most, if not the most, compelling types of the person of Jesus Christ and the finished work on the cross of Jesus Christ. And I'll start with this one. Joseph was cast into an empty pit, and Jesus was placed into an empty tomb. And I have the scripture references, by the way, and maybe I'll uh, have it posted on our website in a PDF downloadable uh, file so that you can uh, study these on your own. Joseph was stripped of his coat as Jesus was stripped of his robe. Joseph was betrayed and sold for pieces of silver Jesus was betrayed and sold for pieces of silver. Joseph, this is interesting, was in prison next to two criminals, just as Jesus was on the cross with two criminals. With Joseph, one prisoner perishes and one is saved. With Jesus, one criminal perishes, the other is saved. Joseph foretells the raising up after three days. Jesus foretells his resurrection to life after three days. With Joseph, there were two dreams with two elements, the cup and the bread. Again, we affectionately refer to them as the butler and the baker, the cupbearer and the baker. That's the cup and the bread. And you know what this speaks of? With Jesus, there were two elements at the Last Supper, the cup and the bread, which we're going to celebrate at the conclusion of our time together today. Joseph tells the cupbearer to remember him after he's raised up, just as Jesus says to remember him with the cup after he's raised up. Joseph says at the supper, serve the bread. Jesus says at the last supper, take this bread. Joseph prophetically reveals a seven-year famine. Seven. Jesus is prophetically revealed in the seven-year tribulation. Here's the pre-tribulation rapture pictured in the typology with Joseph. Joseph took an Egyptian bride before the seven-year famine, not mentioned again 
after, or during. Jesus will take his Gentile bride before the seven-year tribulation. Born sons come to Joseph before the seven-year famine. Born again sons of God are taken before the seven-year tribulation. All who come to Joseph lived and would not perish. All who call upon the name of Jesus will be saved and will not perish. It gets even more interesting. His brothers, his brethren, if I can say it this way, his Jewish brethren, come to Joseph in the midst of the famine seven years. Israel, his brethren, come to Jesus in the midst of the seven-year tribulation. Because that's the purpose of the tribulation. It's for the salvation of the Jewish nation. And it's in the midst, the middle of the seven-year tribulation, which we see in another type with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, as they're known. They're thrown into the seven times hotter furnace. And in the midst of the seven times hotter furnace, they're saved. That's Jesus in there. That's a pre-Bethlehem appearance known as a Christophany of Jesus the Christ there in the midst of that seven times hotter furnace. Daniel. Where's Daniel? Oh, he ain't there. (laughs) Where is he? Oh, he was taken up exalted to this high position, pre-furnace. Just as Enoch was taken up pre-flood. Just as the Gentile bride of Joseph was taken pre-famine. Do you see a pattern here? Prophecies are fulfilled about him. The spirit of prophecy is him. Interesting. Israel believed and said of Joseph, it is enough. To all who believe, Jesus says, it is finished. And then last, but certainly not least, Israel said, my son is yet alive. They said, Jesus, the son is alive. He has risen from the dead. Because see, Israel thought his son Joseph was dead. It was a resurrection of sorts, that his son 
is now alive. And that, again, is just a few of so many. So, I mean, it's, it's things like this that, well, how do I say this? Only God could do this. This is what Paul, writing to the Romans in chapter 15, said that the the scriptures are written as this, this proof to encourage us, to instruct us, so that we can endure all of the evil in the world. Listen, I... I <laughs> Whenever I study this, and certainly whenever I I teach this, oh my goodness, it just encourages me and gives me that endurance that I need in this evil day in which we live. I want to share with you something that happened when I was at the, the conference. Again, I just, it was such a blessing to be able to just talk with people and and listen to people and encourage people and be encouraged by people. (laughs) But the most interesting thing happened. I was just about to speak. I was the last speaker. And this lady, this sister in Christ, precious sister in Christ, approaches me. I mean, I'm on the stage, and I, I kind of went down to the steps there, and, you know, she, along with others, are there, and I thought, well, I want to just talk to him. I, I got a couple more minutes here, and so I kind of zeroed in on this one particular sister in Christ, and she looked at me, and she said to me, can I share something with you about the ABCs of salvation? I said, most certainly you can. She thanked me, as did many people, for doing the ABCs of salvation every week. They actually asked me to not stop doing that, and I told them I had no intention of uh, stopping the ABCs of salvation. But she proceeded to tell me that she used the ABCs of salvation to lead her friend to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And she was just thanking me up one side, down the other, and then she said, that this friend that she had led to Christ using the ABCs of salvation was in church on a Sunday, and she's worshiping the Lord. She's just on fire for the Lord, loves the Lord. And then 24 hours later, she was murdered by her husband, who then shot himself. I asked her for permission to share that at the conference, and she said, please do, and then I'm sharing it with you here today. If for no other reason other than we live in an evil world, this is our only hope. It's not just our blessed hope, it's our only hope. And so I want to end with the ABCs of salvation. The A is for admit that you're a sinner or acknowledge your sin and your need for the Savior. This is Romans 3.10. 
says there is no one righteous, not even one. Romans 3.23 says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And Romans 6.23 pronounces the penalty for all of us being born sinners, which is why we must be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. It says, for the wages of sin is death. It's the death penalty. But, and here's the good news, the gospel. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let me just... uh, explain this this way as the Apostle Paul writing to the Corinthians in chapter 15 says in describing what the gospel is. Here's the gospel. Basically the word gospel means good news. Your debt has been paid. You're free. You're free to go. Good news. That's what the word gospel means. Well, how does that work? Well, Jesus Christ came He was crucified. He went to his death, which we're going to celebrate today with the bread and the cup. He went to his death in your place. Because that was the penalty, the death penalty, that was paid for by him, for us, and instead of us. After he was crucified and put to death, he was buried, and he rose again, on the third day, and he's coming back again one day. That's the good news. That's the good news. The B, very important, is for believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, and according to Romans 10, 9 and 10, that God raised him from the dead. If you believe in your heart, that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will, will be saved. And then lastly, the C is for call upon the name of the Lord. This is Romans 10, 9 and 10. It also says that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And Romans 10.13, this is what seals the deal. This is what sealed the deal for that precious sister who comes to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ only to be taken home shortly after to be in the presence of Jesus Christ. All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. It's so simple. It's so childlike simple. If you're here this morning and you've never called upon the name of the Lord to be saved, I implore you before you leave here today to do so. And by the way, what a great day to do so. Thanks for joining us for this special edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Now, it's so important that you hear the purpose behind these prophecy updates that Pastor J.D. shares. 
The purpose is to see people just like you come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. When you're right with the Lord, you'll be ready for the Lord and His soon return. You can do this by first admitting you're a sinner, that you've broken God's perfect law. Second, you need to confess that there's nothing you can do to fix this. You can't attend church enough, you can't pray enough or give enough money. There's nothing you can do to atone for your sins. Third, you must realize that there is someone who can. His name is Jesus Christ, and He is the Savior of the world. He gave His own life so that you wouldn't have to experience the penalty for your sins, which is death. Please, if you're listening today, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and escape the realities of the prophecies that are being fulfilled all around you. For more information about what it means to be born again into the kingdom of God, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and select the New Believers option. Again, that web address is InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Now, in the next edition of In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. will be teaching through God's Word just like he does Monday through Thursday. And then don't forget to join us next Friday and Saturday for another timely prophecy update. Until then, may God bless you and keep you in his love.